Hello and welcome to our new podcast, Acting Out Syria. My name is MK Smith. I'm a master's candidate at Georgetown Center for Contemporary Arab Studies. And today I'm so fortunate to be joined by Raghad Al-Maklouf, an incredible actress, inspiration, and friend. Today we will be discussing her experiences with media, displacement, and conflict. Welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for interviewing me. Of course, of course. If you wouldn't mind, could you please start by introducing yourself to our audience? Oh, yeah. Um, well, my name is Rekad. Um, I'm a Syrian actress. Um, I graduated from the Higher Institute of Dramatic Arts in Syria in 2004. And then um, one, two years later, I joined the same um, institute to work as a um, teaching assistant for like acting classes, acting department. Uh, and I did that for like around six years. Uh, at the same time, I started, you know, like working in um, theater, you know, performances and um, TV drama shows, um, filming, and at the same time working at the the the, um, the college or well institute. But it's like it's it's a four years um, uh, undergrad school, and uh, yeah, I. I had the chance to work with like a lot of like directors, Syrian directors. Um, I had also like, um, we started this like um, interactive theater project. Uh, we were like a group of um, actors, a director and a writer. And we started um, going to like a kind of uh, rural areas in Syria, like very um, less developed kind of like small cities or villages to perform, um, to perform scenes i would say not like plays but scenes where like we in encouraged people to like participate and change the plot and change the and it's was it was written based on what were their like struggles basically as as those villagers or farmers or like you know um residents uh, it was mm. it was hard but it was so much fun um i also um yeah and then i left I left, I fled, actually, I, I didn't leave. I was forced to leave Syria after the Syrian revolution started because like, I was in danger. And I went to Lebanon. I lived in Lebanon for four years, Beirut, the capital. And I worked there in dubbing, basically, and also filming. But there was a change, maybe like now with the questions, we'll talk about it more. And then um, again, things got complicated. We couldn't stay in Lebanon and somehow we were forced to leave Lebanon, my husband and I, and um, thank God we had the US visa um, by then. So mm -hmm. in 2017, by the end of 2017, we arrived in the US and wow. I'm living there. I'm living here since then in um, Alexandria, Virginia. Yeah. And so you were acting in Syria at the outbreak of the war in 2011, yeah? Yes. Yes. Okay, so what, what, if any, major differences in your craft did you notice as an actress between before the outbreak of the war and once the war had begun? That is a very good question. It was like, like yeah, major, major change. Because I think, I think acting for me, and I mean, basically acting like our instruments, our tools, like it's our body, soul and mind and voice, you know, it's not something we like write down or like carry in our hands and work with. Mm -hmm. um, so somehow like, I would say it's like life, our lives and 
our craft um, intersects, mm-hmm. if this is a correct word to say. Yep. And what happened is that it was like waking up. The revolution in 2011 was like, for me personally, like waking up from like a very long nightmare. And then finding that, oh, life could be really, really nice and good. And to be honest, my, my relationship with Syria before the revolution was so complicated. Um, mm-hmm. So the revolution made me feel like, oh, I belong. Like I belong here. And um, I started to like even notice small details that I've never noticed before. Um, and that, well, and then things got complicated and, you know, it's like it turned into a war and like, you know, then um, what happened is like, I found myself with like this, like, I started questioning everything I used to believe in, like my beliefs, my opinions, my principles, everything was like under questioning. And if I would, if I would put a title for that, I would say it's um, identity crisis. Like, Mm. what is identity? What does it mean to be Syrian? Do I really feel like I'm Syrian? You know what I mean? All these questions started to arise and I was like, and I was like, and it was like intertwined with my career because for me, it was like, what what I was like doing before 2011. Mm. Is it like really meaningful? What was this? Because also like, we'll talk about it maybe later on, but um, it was, yeah, it was a question of everything. And of course, I was working still, but it just it felt meaningless. You know what I mean? It felt meaningless. But and even then, um, after like leaving to Lebanon and then participating in the first TV drama show that was like discussing the the brutality of the Syrian regime and the president, the dictatorship I, I would prefer to call him, and the crimes and how like. The, the, the peaceful revolution like was faced with violence. Um, I was like, even that TV show, it was amazing experience, but it was like compared to what's going on because it's still happening. It wasn't like really fair enough. Mm. I mean, the, the people work, who worked in it were like amazing. They tried their best, but you know, it's hard because you would open the TV and you would see like live, images and, and videos with people struggling and suffering and dying and, 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 and then like you would do drama about it. I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. So yeah, that's, that was an eye-opening for me. Like, what do I want? Like, why am I, am I an actor? Do I wanna be an actor really? Like, you know, like all these questions. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it sounds to me like your artistry was a tool of resistance and that you were commenting on the conflict and the, the oppressive regime, but at the same time, your resistance, you wanted to manifest it beyond just the workplace and beyond that medium of television or film. Um, would that be fair to say? Because it was hard. Cause it was hard. Like there's no tradition. I would say that's my personal opinion, especially after like arriving here and starting like uh, grad school and then you can't but compare and that com- like that comparison it's not because I want to say this is better than that because circumstances are different mm-hmm. you know we're talking about like a dictatorship 
like an oppression, uh, crimes, uh, corruption. So I think if you look at these circumstances, you would see that the TV drama, like business or like uh, craft and, and the theater, which was like even way poorer, like was like really struggling. TV, TV was, I mean, Syrian TV drama was like one of the most famous, like I would say Syrian and Egyptian in the Arab world, you know? And a um, long time ago, there were amazing um, and, and big productions. Um, but in general, if we're looking at the whole thing, there's, I don't think there was like a tradition so things are so messed up and that's that's normal you know like that would be um that's justified because how could people really like how could you make art without freedom it's just like mm. you can you can but it's always going to be limited and it's always going to be hard and it's always going to be a struggle even the even the higher institute that i graduated from my undergrad school the people who um who um founded this this um this um let's say institute, and it's a governmental institution, institute, you know, it's not like private school. Um, I would say like, it was amazing back in time, like it was amazing, but I would say it was like individuals hard work. It wasn't the government hard work. I mean, the, the, if it's up to the government, they wouldn't want such, such an, 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 like a school, you know, art school. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just like, yeah, there's no support. Of course, not financially, nor like, um, not, an, not on any level. And, and that was like even theater worse than TV because TV, they started to like find financial support from like other, you know, um, like from private sectors, you know, mm -hmm. which is sure. good, but it also has its, you know, it's like there are pros and cons when you're like, because if you're like, if, if, if this private sector has like an agenda, so how much you can like really say what you want to say as an artist or a creator. Right. So you mentioned that if, if the government had their way, this higher institute for, for acting likely wouldn't even exist. It was not necessarily in the interest of the government that the institute existed. Um, do that's you my own That's my, that's my your... personal, like, yeah, I, I don't think so. It was the individual's effort and like hard work to, to build that place really from scratch, Absolutely. from like even under scratch. Yeah. So do you do you feel that your career as an actress was viewed as a threat by the government? You mean before 2011 or after 2011? Both. Uh, yes. Because, you know, art and it's like, like, fundamentally speaking, art should, it's a mirror, you know, like, like, like um, Shakespeare says, it's just a mirror for like what's happening mm -hmm. in, in real life. And, and, and for, for a dictatorship, like how much are they gonna be interested in like art in general, but specifically acting or directing or like TV as a platform or theater to be, to say the truth. So right. they don't want that. And, 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 the, and, and the, you know, 2011 is like, a, that was obvious when people started like criticizing and saying things out loud it, it turned into like, um, unfortunately to, um, I don't know, um, massacre or something. I don't know how to, it's just horrible. Um, so I think, and I believe that they don't have any interest in art. Actually, they might have one interest in like the kind of art 
I don't know if I would be able to articulate this in English, but they're interested in like maybe in a kind of art or like, uh, you know, um, or performing arts that makes that make the audience like really calm down, <laughs> not think mm. of like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe you can like, um, you can phrase it better than me if, if you if you if you know what I mean. It's just like, uh, they want people to watch like they will some like some years there were productions where like, oh, it was like for people that was like, oh, that's so bold. But then when you take a closer look, you would see that the script is only um, talking about the, the, the outcomes, like the, the results, but don't really dig deeper. Don't like, it's just the surface. And then people would feel, oh, amazing. There's like freedom, you know, like they're talking about corruption, but why there's corruption? nobody can touch that, you know? I see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's appeasing the audience. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Um, so I would be remiss in speaking about your acting experiences in Syria and with Syrians, uh, not to uh, mention your incredible work with the late Hatsam Ali. Uh, for those members of our audience who are unfamiliar with Hatsam Ali, uh, he was a hugely influ influential Syrian actor, director, and writer. His work often used historical narratives as a sort of vehicle by which you could understand present-day conflicts, uh, specifically in the Middle East region. What, if anything, did you take away from your experiences working with Hatsam? Again, I, I said something about how, like, TV drama shows like work and, 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 and theater work and everything was like, for me, I think personally, it was like based on like individuals effort. I think Harim Ali was like one of those people, may his, his soul rest in peace. He, um, he had a prod, he, you know, like, like there's an actor, for example, and there's an artist. And I, I think for me personally, I think that the artist has always have, um, has a project, you know, project for life that, that they are working on and like trying to develop and improve year after year. And I think Hatem Ali had this kind of project, this kind of like thinking. He wanted to do things that was like really hard to do in Syria, but somehow with hard work, I mean, he's one of the most hardworking artists in Syria. Like you always hear stories about him. For me, I, I was lucky enough to work with him, but it was late in his, in his um, you know, let's say late in his like working or like um, produ produ productions that he, he directed. But I, since I was a student, you hear like, you hear stories about him. Like one of the stories, for example, like every, like, and sometimes it's like, it turns into a myth, you know, <laughs> like it's based on reality, but- It's a legend. It's a legend, yeah, you feel like when you hear it, like, oh, it's a mess, like, uh, before every show he works on, like, he would, like, fill, like, a, like, a, um, what do you call this car with, like, uh, an open space, like, truck, he would fill, like, like a truck with, like, books, you know, about the, the subject he want to, like, um, wow. he's, he's gonna, like, uh, kind of, like, present and direct, you know, um, yeah, he's 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 an artist. He's not only a director. So he's an artist with a with a project. For me, I worked with him in two um, two um, productions. One was um, um, Alam Hamra called Alam Hamra, and it was also about 
the um, the, the Syrian revolution, what happened after, you know, about um, the, the main character is, um, she's like, uh, she got detained. And uh, my character, I only, I only filmed for like two days. And if you know, in Syria, like filming for TV, it takes like almost about like around three months, four months, sometimes more, but like, in this production, I only filmed for two days. My character was like, I didn't have a lot of scenes, but it was like an amazing character. Um, one of the, like my favorites, like everybody feels like stressed and like afraid before going to, um, to work with Hatem Ali. He's tough, he's like, you know, he's very um, meticulous, you know, um, he really, uh, yeah. So I was like, of course, stressed and everything. But then like when I like things went really, really good. And um, his his notes, his uh, his, um, you know, directions, his um, yeah, it was really, really helpful. Um, he knows what he wants. Like he mm. really knows what he wants. I think he, before he goes to to like uh, to, to start like shooting and everything, he knows every like single second um, of of. Um, yeah, he, stu he studies really well. Like he, he used to study his the script really well. Um, the other one was Orchidia. It was um, kind of historical, uh, not historical, like, like we call it fantasy, like uh, it's historical. Like a historical fiction? Yeah, maybe? historical fiction. It wasn't based on any like, you know, um, true events, um, but it was, yeah, he, I, I remember he was, yeah, he was really, tired not like the first one not tired like physically but he was not not I don't think he was the same person and and we're talking about like the difference would be like the first one was in 20 um around 2014 2015 the second one was like 2016 like two years three years I don't feel like he's the same person because also like Circumstances before were like really hard for an artist and it was getting harder and harder and like tighter and tighter. And you can feel it, you know, you can see it on his face through his discussions. Um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. No, absolutely, absolutely. He sounds like an incredible man, but one who absolutely bore the brunt of the emotional toll of, of conflict and trying to tell narratives surrounding conflict as well um yeah. so thank you yeah. for sharing it, that it wasn't easy for for a director to like find uh you know a sponsor or fund and uh, um yeah and and to, and also like i think he had like he dreamt of like more of working on like movies more mm -hmm. than tv shows but it was like so hard to do that in sure TV. it was so hard like tv was hard so you can imagine um yeah, I mean, he did. He did a um, couple of, of, of uh, films, really um, great ones. But yeah, and he was, he was tough. He was really, really tough. Like, I, I mean, my experience with him was really, really good. But like other actors would be like collapsing sometimes <laughs> because of his like really like straightforward kind of notes. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now, turning our attention away from Syria and towards your experiences in Lebanon, I'm curious if you could tell our audience a little bit about your experiences in Lebanon, more specifically, how you managed to maintain your identity as an actress while also reconciling this newfound uh, identity as a refugee living in Lebanon as well. 
After arriving in Lebanon, I participated in peaceful protests there, uh, protests against Bashar al-Assad and Hezbollah. But back then, it it felt like that form of resistance is, is not impactful or meaningful as it was in Syria. So it was like a perfect timing to get back to theater. And I was fortunate to be part of a project called Create Syria back then. And with um, my partner, Wissam Al-Ghazi, we did um, a long workshop with teenage Syrian refugees. All of them uh, were, were, you know, definitely suffering from PTSD. They witnessed atrocities. People they love were arrested, kidnapped, or killed in front of their eyes. Um, the workshop was was designed to help them overcome their traumas. At the beginning, um, they, they told personal stories. Then we picked different short stories written by a very famous Syrian writer called Zakaria Tamer. His stories sheds, uh, sheds a light on oppression and, and it's like a call for a revolution against injustice. So we picked those couple of stories and um, created an adaptation for theater. And those kids performed it in front of audience. It was, they were very excited because it was their first time standing on stage and performing in front of an audience. Yeah, that experience changed me so much. I learned a lot from them. I saw them growing and gaining more confidence. I remember after the performance, one of the parents approached me and she asked me if we're going to do more of these workshops with them because her son used to get violent in school and, and get into kind of physical fights with his peers, but that since he joined the workshop, she stopped receiving calls from his school. You know, her son witnessed Syrian security forces arresting his father. He was alone with him at the time. And and that happened five years before he joined our workshop. And I remember once I was doing this imagination exercise with them. So I asked them to lay down and close their eyes. And I saw him struggling with closing his eyes. So I asked him, are you okay? And he says, I cannot close my eyes. I ask him why. He says, because every time I close my eyes, I see them taking my dad. And he hasn't heard from his father since the arrest. So they don't know anything about him, where he is, if he's dead or alive. Could could you imagine like the rage this kid was living? Of course he will be violent, you know? And, And before that experience would, those talented, smart kids, I always, always believed that art in general and theater in specific could change societies. But that was the first time I see it firsthand and I see how fast that change could occur. Um, I do now want to pivot towards um, your experiences in the U.S. after having fled Syria and then Lebanon. 
so after leaving Syria, as you mentioned, you went to Lebanon. Um, then you came to the U.S. where you continued working as an actress. Um, I'm curious what your experiences were like as both a refugee and an actress, unlike in Syria, where things like sect and class likely inform how you're read in an audition, um, depending on who's conducting the casting. Uh, when you moved to the U.S., you were suddenly auditioning as a racialized woman, a woman who was walking in as an Arab. Um, and I'm curious if your Arab identity, if you believe it was influential in casting decisions decisions made upon your arrival in the U.S. and what that experience was like? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> God, oh, no. That's, that should, like, that, this question should be like 20 questions, you know? I, I can't Take as that. much time <laughs> as you need to answer it. Oh, my God. So I will start with saying, and I was kind of privileged in Syria because I was um, born and raised in an upper class family. So compared to other, um, um, to my peers and, and things, things were easier for me. Uh, my parents are very liberal, um, secular, the family, you know, they, so that made it easier. They, 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 they supported me, you know, when I made a decision to become an actor, they supported me with like a lot of decisions. But it's but man, man, it's not easy for a woman mm. to 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 be born in Syria, and Syria is like even if you compare it to other Arab countries, even way better, and it's still not easy. And um, though I was born and raised in 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 in, in this kind of like you know um, environment, but still society. Um, with like, it's like norms and traditions and like you keep fighting. And to be honest, like arriving in the US was very liberating. That was for me as a person and as an actor, because I would say when anyone asked me, what do you like about the US? Cause you know, there's always like um, goods and bads. There's, there's always, you know, pros and cons. For me, it's freedom. Hmm. I felt so free of all of that. And I had the chance like really to know myself way better uh, because in Syria uh, for women and, and, and I, you know, sometimes I think of other women and girls and women who are like, who didn't, who, who like don't have families to support them, don't have, you know, the societies against them, the laws, everything. I mean, I can't even um, imagine um, their experience, but for me, it was like hard. A lot of time I didn't feel I fit um, and I, I had to um, go through fights that later on after arriving today, it felt like, man, those fights, I sh- like, why did I have, like, why did I have to go through them, through them? They, I, it's just like, it's, 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 somebody is like forcing you to go th- through these fights to, to, to be a rebel, you know, like, but again, not everyone can, can do this without support. And I had, at least partially, I had, uh, I had support because I had a supportive family, but even though it was hard. And, um, and as an actor, similar, because um, I think, and, and that's maybe my good luck. And again, it's my own experience. Arriving in the DMV area, it's like DC, Maryland, um, Virginia, I was in, you know, introduced to like the, the, the theater community in this area. And it's 
it's an amazing community. Very supportive, very understanding. Yeah, my experience with like that was amazing. I, um, I think just being free and I'm still in the process of like really knowing myself, you know, uh, knowing myself again, you know, from scratch. Cause like I had to start all over from scratch twice, but this time here, it feels like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting to know myself better. And I think, again, because as I said at the beginning, as, as actors, it's just like our lives and our like feelings and our everything, it's just, it intersects with, with our careers, with our career. It's just same. I, I, I'm trying now to learn and to build or to discover, maybe this is better, to discover what is my project as an actor? What do I want to do? as an actor, where am I going? Because again, there's no tradition in Syria. There's, we don't have auditions in Syria, okay? I don't know mm. now, I'm talking about when I was in Syria. I don't know what now. Interesting. Changed. We don't have auditions or like, it's like for me arriving here, it felt like on like all levels, it felt like um, I'm, I'm, um, I'm born again and I'm learning how to walk again and I'm learning how to eat again, learning how to speak again. Um, and, and I'm learning how to act again <laughs> and I'm, you know, everything. Um, I had the chance to work um, like first year after like the, the, I arrived by the end of 2017, 2018, I auditioned for a play with the, the Welders company and I was casted in a, a theater, uh, in a Shakespeare theater play called, called Perkles. If you, if you know about Perkles, so um, he is, he loses his wife and then um, he loses his daughter later on. And he started like searching for his daughter going, going from like one place to the other. And we're talking through the sea and like, you know, all the, um, because he thought that she's dead, but then like, she, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it was, it was about diaspora. And, and I, I was casted to do Pericles, the character. And it was really amazing because like, because I needed it. I needed it not only mm. like as an actor, I needed it on many levels because when you change a country and in, in, in this situation, you're changing a continent. Like I like to say, I'm like, I, I didn't change a country, I changed a continent. And for, the, like for the, um, the second time after Lebanon, my whole system was shaken and uh, zero confidence, zero, zero confidence, uh, zero, you know, I, 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 yeah, you know, like I would like go to to meet people and I would feel like I'm really stuck, you know, but at the same time, I have to fight against this feeling because I need to get out of my comfort zone and I need to like whatever, build my life here. So it wasn't easy. It was so hard. I had to like do a lot of things other than acting and I've never done anything other than acting in my whole life. And those like experiences were also amazing for my like growth, you know, and I, I'm still like, I'm still searching and I'm still digging, and I'm still learning. I, after that project, I, I mean, once I arrived, I thought that I have to go back to school. I mean, for me, it was like two options, either working in a full-time job or going back to school, because that's the way that I, that would help me adapt in this new system right. slash society slash environment. Um, so I auditioned, I got accepted, but then I felt, oh my God, that's too much. No, I'm going to postpone. 
And then, uh, yeah, I did my grad school at uh, George Washington University Academy for Classical Acting. Uh, and I just, the pandemic started. <laughs> I mean, it's just very dramatic, you know? <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, so that's, that's the difference. I think, um, I think there things were like more hard, but you have, you have a support system, you have like you're in your comfort zone, your language, you, you, you grow up learning how this work, even if there's no system, you learn how to, you know, um, cope with like, with um, not having a system, but here is just, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. What would you say are some of the differences, if there's any that you can identify between you know, living in the region and acting as someone from the region in programming often about the region versus being in the U.S. and acting here where you're not necessarily acting the role of someone native to wherever a show might be taking place. Um, well, what does that look like? There's, there's something you mentioned in the previous question. You said something about like, um, I don't quite remember, like you said something about how in Syria, uh, where after arriving to the United States, like being like this Arab or Middle Eastern, mm. you know, being cast like the auditions or like how you were like perceived or something. Um, so one of like the hardest things here was like compared to Syria is that I all of a sudden was introduced somehow to this like new like branding kind of it felt like branding mm. like the which called like person of color because I've never ever been a person of color in my own okay. life and then I'm like 35 years old and all of I'm 35 year old and all of a sudden I'm a person of color what is this I don't know anything about that I know that that like I know things but like just on the surface kind of level but and that was the first time I was really, really like hit by that was like when I started the grad school. Because I was the only person of color in a building with like other 17 white American students, native speakers in a building with administration full of like white American native speakers. And I'm the only one who's not white, not a native speaker. And oh my God, what's going on? You know, I, and working with classic Shakespearean texts. Yes, the most yes. difficult kind of English. I, I I don't know why I chose that. I mean, I I like I I mean I I know what why I chose that. But when I entered and when the school started, I was like, what? And again, also there's this like huge big kind of debate that's been going on for like the past few years about like oh, should Shakespeare be just like this, like white, you know, slash like this, like the, um, the, um, the accent, the things like mm. all these details or like, oh no, we can do Shakespeare with like, from like different, different um, point of view, different perspective. Um, I watched many shows, amazing shows with like a full, um, full um, black, uh, people of color speaking with an accent and it was inspiring but it took me time till I like learned what is what does it mean and how can I be confident 
about my accent. I, I, at the beginning, I tried to hide my accent somehow. I tried to work to lose my accent. I tried to like, you know, fight against it. Um, but today I would say like after four years, yes, I would love to learn other accents. You know, I would love to master the, um, I don't know if we can say the American accent because I know there's like many accents, but let's say this like kind of like um, the more, what do you call it? In Arabic, it's like neutral, kind of neutral accent mm -hmm. for the country. Um, I would love to do so. Like I would love to learn any other accent in, in Syria. You know, I worked in a project once in Syria speaking Arabic, but I had to learn a different accent. But nowadays I'm so happy to have an accent and I sometimes I like even like emphasize on it, you know, I, <laughs> I love enjoy, that. I enjoy like just having it. But it took me took me time. I felt like as if I'm ripping my heart off my body, literally, or like ripping my skin, you know, off my my body um, to learn what does it mean? And um, I thought I'm crazy for like for a while. Like I'm I'm like it's just an illusion. Like what? Why? Like and I learned what it means and how to differentiate also because like you it makes you become sensitive very sensitive and that sensitivity is like I, I would love to to use this metaphor it's like a, it's like um, you know a small um, snowball and it throws like down like from the top of the hill and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger so um, so yeah I, I learned how to like really separate things like this is like I'm being too sensitive you know thinking that like taking things um like um subjectively or like no this is I'm like right about this is because like you know I, I mean you know I, I'm sure like you really know what I'm talking about but um for the audience it was a hard experience so like as an actor too because now I'm again you said Shakespeare now I'm like this very heightened language I'm learning, um, you know, uh, uh, phonetic alphabet, and I'm and I'm learning, uh, you know, what's the difference between the verse and the and the prose, and like I'm, I'm literally, I would say it took me a semester till I felt that I started to feel comfortable about it because if if I'm not acting Shakespeare scenes, Shakespearean heightened language, if I'm like just acting you know, modern kind of um, um, plays, it, it, it could have been also hard. So imagine sure. like, it's like, because then later on, I learned that even my classmates who are like native speakers are struggling, was comforting, not because I wanted them to struggle. But because <laughs> like sometimes I feel like, oh my God, I'm the stupidest person in the class, you know? <laughs> I wanna speak fancy, <laughs> I wanna whatever. <laughs> But then, yeah, by time you see like, okay, it's Shakespeare, man. It's, it's hard. It's um, so yeah, it's um, after school, like there was like the pandemic, it interrupted our education somehow. And then I went through a lot of um, struggles this year personally, personally. Um, but um, now I think it's, it's just all about practice. Uh, but yes, definitely in Syria, it felt more comfortable, but it was less challenging. Interesting. That's for me again. Yeah, of course. That's challenging of course. because there would be like before the revolution, there would be like 45, 50 TV shows 
I would say I personally three of them would be like amazing and the rest would be like not not challenging this because because in, in, in the, at the ACA here at Was George Washington University, the program was like really the, the method is that the, 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 the script is everything. Like not everything, sorry, it's the, ba it's the base. Mm -hmm. So like it all starts there and it, it's all, it all ends there. And now I believe more and more in that like approach towards acting. If you have a very good script, you can, you can do good acting. If the script is horrible, no way the acting sure. is, is good so yeah it was less challenging but it was way more comfortable now so we've talked about your experiences in Syria in the U.S. all with regards to acting um, I'm curious about your perspective though within the U.S. but on the outside looking at media now that you're surrounded by western media all the time um, what are your thoughts on the portrayal of of Syrians and of the Syrian conflict do you think that there are narratives that are being overtold or it's like, halas enough, um, move on to a different story? Are there stories that aren't being told that need to be told? I think I visited the United States in 2010. Um, I was participating in an exchange acting program uh, with um, Kennedy Center. And back then I remember that like 99% of the people I met didn't know where Syria is. Okay, <laughs> so just to, just to like, to put things in, into perspective, I think after 2011, people started to know more about Syria because of the media. The trap, I believe, that the media um, fell into was focusing on, focusing on like people are dying. Of course, people were dying, but like people and still dying and still like getting arrested and tortured. And it's important, but the perspective was like, you don't feel like those people are individuals. And they have individual stories and lives and dreams and 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 those people who like lost their lives for for like really really a very um I want a word for this honorable cause honorable you know very like really um yeah I I just can't find like enough like a word that's enough to, to describe those people who lost their lives and and families lost their lives you know by losing loved ones and then you watch news and you feel like all like all these people are like copies of each other just like yeah it it started by time to lose like the, the human touch like if okay if i if i for me personally like the importance of media is yes to like kind of tell people what's going on on the other side of the world, for example, what like one of the things um, for me as Syrian, I wanted the the Western to know what's going on going on in Syria. But then, like the focus was so much on that, and then all of a sudden, not even that, it was like focusing on like terrorists and terrorism and like uh, jihadists and like extremists. And I felt it here. Like I I um, I uh, used to drive Uber and Lyft. And I would be like driving the car and then like people jump in the car, you know, like riders and they would like ask me um, what when they know I'm from Syria, like, are you Muslim? Are you whatever? Because like they think, first of all, that everyone, every like all Syrians are Muslims and probably most of them are jihadistic. That was my that was my impression with like um, interacting with strangers. Mm. Of course, there were a lot of like or many people I met who were like educate, like who, who had the knowledge and, but they had to do the work by themselves. 
right? Searching and looking up things, not just waiting for the news or for the media to tell them. But at the same time, to just not be um, cynical about the media. At the same time, like by time, I think I watched many, um, uh, many films um, or documentaries in specific uh, where they started like the, the producer and the director, maybe the writer. And sometimes it's like a, it's like um, cooperation between um, Syrian director and like, you know, American or like British uh, producer. Uh, sometimes it's all done by like, you know, um, Western, the, you know, the, the, the not, non not, not like uh, Syrian people. And they started to um, tell the stories of like individuals. In the narrative will be, you know, the story of this person during what's going on. So when these events, the war and like uh, the revolution and the war and then uh, all these atrocities are in the background, but they're like impacting the life of that person, right? And I think that touches that touches um, people like really way, way like more like deeply, deeply um, or deeper, you know? It touches um, people's hearts and souls deeper. And that's what I noticed when, when I started to make friendships here with, with um, people um, and again, my experience was amazing. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like everyone's experience in that because you know the United States is really big and spread. I'm talking about this this area I'm living, and people were were like sometimes you'd feel like they're like surprised. And and my husband and I would tell them like no, we're like we're not we're not extraordinary. <laughs> we're not like there are a lot of like Syrian people like us like it's we're normal like nothing you know they would feel like they would feel like oh they their image sometimes somehow it's still if it's if, if if they only watch the media it's it's all about like extremists and uh, you know like oh do you dress like this in Syria but you know like I know that it's also up to people to put much more effort and as a friend of mine always says like to, she's like uh, also American she says like stretch the muscle like the brain muscles you know we need all all of us need all like, every day to stretch our brain muscles but at the same time like the media didn't really quite play um, really good good um, part in this all the time right um, it was used in a way that like everything you see bumping and 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 death and okay good this the, tell me the story of this child I'm seeing now like who, who is he you know or like this person has dreams and like all of a sudden he's dead he's his dead and it's just how it impacted his family you know like but again there were documentaries about this later on um really good ones yeah telling stories um do you feel that moving forward as you look for future projects as we hopefully eventually begin to come out of the pandemic slowly but surely um do you think or do you have any interest in retelling syrian narratives um or the narratives of those who who don't currently have the medium to uh, amplify their own voices god your questions mk (laughs) (laughs) your questions are so good but also uh of course i am interested but um again the question is well i hear from my friends here that like representation for like 
be like you know um bipoc like uh, black um, indigenous people of color indigenous people yeah b i p o c you <laughs> got it i got it i got it the representation is like getting better um in theater and and tv and and um movie business movies business but um i think it's still like in the beginning because we're in 2021 going to 2022 and we're still celebrating achievements that yes it's amazing but like we should be in like really really better place all of us worldwide you know um so there are a lot of barriers towards this one of them personally i would love to but like i need to collaborate i can't do it by my own i need um i need to work with other because like acting is not a kind of like um art that you can do by yourself sitting in your room yes you can but like i don't believe really um but by the end like by time if i feel like i can't find people to call to collaborate with to create a project telling um the syrian narrative in in um in a different you know different approach or different um um way i might end up like doing a monodrama or like a stand up comedy or whatever those kind of like um yeah where i can do it as an individual but i would prefer like a group work mm-hmm. when it comes to theater in specific or uh or even even tv and 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 um, movie movies but i'm interested uh but still like you know what i mean like i got several auditions through the i would say the past year and a half and 99% of it is either for a woman muslim woman or a woman who puts hijab or a mm. woman who who her husband is a terrorist which is fine okay i i might do such a role but i feel like like i don't want to be limited because again going back to the first question speaking of the identity crisis i faced after the revolution of course i love syria i spent 30 years of my life in syria but i also love lebanon i spent 4 years of my life in lebanon i might live in the united states to the end of my life that would be like maybe 30 other years so i believe now i more believe in like humanity you know like like no borders no like yes mm-hmm. there are cultural differences but i don't want to believe in cultural difference i would i would say cultural differences maybe in a way like that we are not the same color not the same you know mentality not the same beliefs yes that's good of course right but like not in a way that like set us apart um so for me i would love to do a syrian role or like to tell uh another like or a different narrative for the syrian um the syrian i don't know struggle or um there's a word for this i don't remember in english like uh and and especially syrians in the in diaspora you know in the diaspora um but i also want to be casted in other kind of like characters right. and and other kind of like to tell other kind of like human stories um yeah you know what i mean because like if the script is like based on 
me being Syrian, great, or that person being Asian, okay, sure, we should cast an Asian person, we should cast a Syrian person. But if the script is like, if it's Shakespeare, like, why should it, like, why should it matter? Or if it's even like modern kind of plays that's not based on that person being overweight or thin or white or black, why would we like just cast, you know, um, white people? You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. that's what I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I do want to end on a little bit of a, of a lighter note, um, if you'll yes. allow me, which is, uh, I'm curious if you, you know, as you continue this journey, you said, you know, you have however many years before you in the United States that you'll continue on with your career and your life and your relationships. If there was one character that you've acted that you could bring with you on this journey, who would it be and why? Hmm. A character that I played before? Mm-hmm in Syria or in the US uh well in the US my my experience is still like this big I mean I know all <laughs> not, I, just li- hearing my voice like, it's this big um but in, in Syria one of the characters I played I would say two characters one is this like um character um that I did with um, with Hatem Ali in Al Hamra, and uh, the other one is um, unfortunately it was it was a TV show that w- was only um, available on um, a network similar to like Netflix, kind of like networks, you know, okay. like a platform, like a streaming platform, streaming platform, and not most of Syrians like didn't really watch it. Um, it was called Ra'ahat al-Matar and it was directed by a Syrian director called Inas Haqqi. Um, she's the daughter of like a very also famous um, uh, director who was one of the founders, you know, like uh, and who, one of the directors who really worked um, to, to take the TV um, um, drama business to like really different level like really really um higher or like better place um and uh that one also like really really i like because like it's also was like very because you know when it it comes to tv shows like the, the trap is for writers is like sometimes you watch the first two three episodes and then like the tv like the the story like gets really like i don't know you know when it's like starts to be boring and like mm-hmm. eating and like sometimes like just filling and stuffing uh things that are not necessary um but like for these two let's say characters like the scenes I played were like they, they weren't like really to be honest I played um main like main like leading roles I played leading roles in like different um tv shows in Syria and I like some of them but for these two like these were like the least, the least scenes like compared to like other roles I played, but they were like very condensed. Everything was like really like, written well. And and the the sec- the other one, the directed by Inas Haqi, was written by like an amazing, amazing. I need to like say his name. Syrian writer called um, his name is Ghassan Zakaria. He always writes like this, and and he's known in Syria that he takes so long to like finish. <laughs> finish for good reason but for good reason yeah because like sometimes like you know when it's 
when when the commercial part of the thing enters and it's really kind of um, dominating the whole thing, you lose a lot of like the artistic, you know, um, parts that, that are important to create a really good TV show. So yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. And thank you so much for your time and your insights. I'm sure our audience will love hearing from you just as much as I have. And you've left me with a lot more questions and things to consider, um, which I so appreciate. You've been listening to Status Audio Magazine. The Status is produced by the Arab Studies Institute in partnership with Voices of the Middle East and North Africa, co-sponsored by George Mason University's Middle Eastern Studies Program and the American University of Beirut's Asfari Institute for Civil Society and Citizenship. Interested in pitching an interview, a program episode, or becoming a partner, email our associate producer, Paola Messina, at paola at statushour.com To listen to more conversations, on-the-scene reports, and discussions, visit our website, statushour.com or subscribe via iTunes and listen to us on the go. You can also friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and for more conversations, please visit statushour.com. <laughs>